Good morning on this Wednesday, March 13th, 2019. Praise God for another day. Praise God for waking us up this morning. Praise God for allowing Him to serve Him, Father God. By the way, I'm talking to believers. Uh, unbelievers should be praising God. They should be turning toward God through Christ Jesus only. Not through His servants, not through somebody delivered message, not through, but through the approach of God through the person of Jesus Christ. Because he is the savior of the world. Well, again, uh, as I continue to go back, as, I, as you take me back to lessons that you taught me uh, um, during that last season of my life, Father God, as you get ready to prepare for the next one, um, and as God reminds me and reminds us for those that are truly want to listen to him and not just hear him, um, when God puts something upon the heart, it is never just for ourselves. Uh, there's a lesson, there's a growth, there's a transformation that is taking place within us, not making us less like our old self and more like our, our new life in Him. The old self um, dies a little bit more and the new self grows. We look more like Jesus and not like... Uh, we did before. People should see that change occurring. People should say he doesn't care about the things of this world anymore. Whether he has or he don't have, or whether she has or don't have, it don't matter. You know, we shouldn't be clinging to having the fanciest house or being like the Joneses is next door. We should be being made more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. If that is not being proclaimed from your particular uh, weekly preacher, then God did not put you there. God uh, has another place for you. He will not put us in a place that preaches contrary to His Word. He preaches those that equips us and teaches us about His Word and so that we may go outward. Okay, I'm not sure where that came from. Uh, back in t- July 19, 2015. Well, let's see, what was that season? That was um, <coughs> my first uh, six months having lived back into the Northeast, only in a different city, a more corrupt city, a more uh, pagan city, uh, more religious, which never leads people to Jesus Christ. Another point, you know, we should never be pointing people towards a church organization. We should be pointing people toward the Lord Jesus Christ, and He will lead us to that church that is teaching properly and soundly out there and those that don't teach soundly will lose uh, attendees uh, as they go drawn out for the true milk and and meat of the word of God Uh, with Psalm 126 5 through 6 first of all contextually that was uh, during a time when God's firstborn, the Israelites, because of disobedience, because of rebellion, because of idolatry, some kind of sin, which is idolatry, rebellion, um, were brought into captivity for a season to become broken again and to to get to the place uh, of brokenness and repentance, which true brokenness from God will always lead to repentance before God and turning back towards Him. Uh, coming out more like Him, 
uh, stronger in his, in his faith and not in the faith of ourselves, faith of our um, the work of our hands, but the work of God's hands. Uh, verses 5 and 6 is a reminder that during that time of being broken, during that time of trans- transforming, during that time of... Uh, God doing the deep work inside of us, squeezing us, squeezing the world out of us, squeezing the uh, this world out of us, I should say. Forgive me for that. I uh, don't mean to cause anybody to stumble there. Uh, squeezing our, our remnants of our old life. See, when we come to legitimately, genuinely come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, He accepts us with the world with junk when we turn from Him. But that starts a sanctifying process. Uh, yeah, sounds like a fancy biblical term out there, but if you look it up, what that is, that's the transformation process. It's the squeezing out of us. It's the cutting out of us. It's like we go to a doctor. We're a human physician thinking they're the ones that's going to heal us. That's a demonic teaching, but nonetheless. Um, we go in there with our ailments, with our cancers, and by God's provision, by God's work, um, it has to be cut out of us. It has to be removed, whether by laser, by uh, <clears throat> robotic internal cutting, or whatever the ailment is, it has to be removed from us. It's not by drugs. Drugs cover it up. It masks the pain. It clouds our mind so we don't think about the pain. We don't think about the ailment. But in all essence, whatever ailment is in us, it must be cut out and removed. The same goes with genuine Christians. The old life must be recut, must be removed. Remember um, studying on the crucifixion of Jesus before he died on the cross. Before that, he was flagged, beaten. That flagging was the removing of flesh from his bones, from you know, moving from uh, the old fleshly nature has to be removed. Now, it's obviously, another evidence that Jesus Christ, who is God, manifested before our eyes, uh, in the eyes of those back then, and we believe it because we believe the testimony of the witnesses who were there. Peter, uh, Paul actually wasn't even present. Well, it didn't say he was right at the cross you know he was I believe he was alive because he was probably just a little bit older than Peter in them uh, and I'm sure he heard about it because the whole world heard about it back then but whether he was actually there the scripture doesn't really say Paul says it was written told God to write that he was born out of time which means he was born after the fact where the other 11 disciples were actually with him for those three years before and witnessed his crucifixion and scattered, split from until we caught them all back together in that upper room out there when he sent forth his spirit, which means he was back back on his throne. Um, but in this verse, these two verses here, sowing and weeping, during that time, we're, we're bringing to that place, while we're going through that time, we... When God is our, truly our Lord and our Savior, we know for whatever it is, He's trying to get something out of us. He's trying to transform us more to His image. We praise and rejoice Him, however, we are going to weep. We are going to 
But that verse reminds us that through the praise, prayers, and the times of deep prayer, the times of um, sowing, which means planting the word of God, planting the seeds um, amongst the lost, giving the presenting the gospel to people, um, you're planting the seeds. That seed, when we had for those that had the caught up in the stronghold of the love of money which is the root of all evil those that have money resources or those that even have come in bringing their old cultural way of living when they look through those eyes the eyes of the culture which is what Satan wants us to do uh, becoming clouded to what the sowing is the, but the word of God is clear study the word of God is clear the seed is the word of God is Jesus Christ himself is present his gospel goes back from Genesis all the way up and no you know not even Satan himself can get us away from that when God gives us eyes to see and uh, how to understand uh, so to understand but the sowing we got to reap sometimes that could take years sometimes depending upon what God is trying to burn out of us, refine out of us. It's like gold and silver, God refers <clears throat> this time of tr- testing and trials. Yeah, God does bring us through a testing of our faith, not for our destruction, but for our transformation, for our edification, for our lifting ourselves up. Not so that we may get riches, we may get fame, but rather so He be lifted up, so Jesus Christ can be lifted up in His God to get us back to that place of obedience, where it's all about Him. Boom, one hundred percent. When He speaks, to know His voice closer, more. But it reminds us in these two verses, when we go out sowing, when we go out in tears, crying for the lost, crying, um, that God remove whatever is in me. Yeah, I'm using myself. Um, whatever's in me that's displeasing to you, that doesn't belong, or that's of this world, remove it completely. Cut it out. When God removes it, when man removes it, you can remove a cancer. That's no evidence that you're going to get it out. I don't care what cancer experts out there say. If you're a Christian, you know this. If you're not a true Christian, and you're just going on your educational attainments and your uh, medical background, you're foolish. You're being blinded by your father, the Satan. That's if you're not a Christian. You're a set. You're found. You're a child of Satan. It's either or. Two choices. Pick one. Uh, that that choice. It's what it is. Uh, you're not gonna get it all. God gets it all. Guys, the only one that knows how to remove it all. One last remnant, and then what caused it? Sin in our life. There's a root somewhere in there. It's like those that have been homeowners we want to remove a weed we can pull up a weed how far down we go we can pull up dandelions but we're only we can't grab way down deep unless we dig we got to get it deep if you don't want it to come back uh, you got to get way down and get all of the roots we, we leave one little part of the root it's going to grow back same way with sin same way with cancer same way with every ailment if you don't get at the root of the problem, the root of our sin. It could be something that goes back 20 or 30 years when we're talking about sin, because that's what we're talking about. It has to come out. But remind us, those that know Jesus, those of us that know Jesus Christ, we've gone out praying before. Prayer is not just telling God what we want Him to do. Matter of fact, that ain't even prayer at all. People that think that have been misled somewhere in their past 
and God wants to bring them to that enlightening to to that place of repentance where it says, God, I think what prayer is, it's communicating, it's getting to know Him better, knowing where He's working, where He wants us to go. It's not about, Lord, I believe this is what, you know, the man, if, for those that are single, say for instance, if you're looking for a spouse, you know, man and woman, not gonna say, well, okay, these are the traits I want. He has to go to church, he has to love God. How are you gonna tell that? You gonna listen to him? You gonna listen to her? You gonna watch her actions? Is it just the fact, well, yes, they love going to church. Like, oh, but come on, hurry up, we gotta be late. You know, Bible study. Is that what it's all about? No. Do you talk about them in work? Do you talk about them <coughs> at home? Do you talk about them while you're preparing dinner? Is it just all about, you know, female does all this, male does about that? How we got so far off into that demonic teaching, I don't know because that's not what the scripture says. I believed it when I believed others stay in the pulpit. I'm not knocking those stay in the pulpit. God's the only judge. However, when we just we're reading the word of God, we're making a judgment saying, God, this is your way. So why am I seeing that? We got the foolish people that are blind as a bat saying, judge not lest you be judged. Stop taking that verse out of context. Read the next verse. Judge righteously. You're looking at the word of God. You listen to the word of God and that's what God says. We're making the judgment. Say, God, this is your way. You just showed it to me. You just spoke it to me. I want to walk in it. But I got a brother. I got a sister of Christ. I got a friend of mine that's saying they know you. But they're not walking according to this way. Do they not know? Have they not been taught right? We're not judging on how they got there. We're making since you, that's either the word of God or it's not. You can't say, well, this verse is true as the word of God, but this verse is not. The whole word of God, Genesis to Revelation. If ministers don't teach it, if ministers don't tie it all together, don't relate it all together, then either God has not called you to be a teacher or a minister, or Satan is using you as his tool, teaching you how to twist his word. I don't know. That's another one. But to show we have his workmanship, we created for good works. We're praying first. We're praying. We're weeping over the lost. We're weeping over them that their eyes are they're still under Satan. He's got them bound up. He's got them bound up in the prisons. They don't even know they're in prisons. The the cell is wide open. But we are God's ambassadors, as we're told. The following verses go along with it. Second Corinthians eleven twenty three through twenty eight. You know, Paul describes. The ministry that uh, God had him at. It wasn't a fun one. It wasn't, a, well, it was a fun one because that is enjoyable. When you work, walk with God, you're listening to God, you're obeying God, you're doing His work. You don't look at these things. They're still there, but we're not seeing them. We're looking at what He went through, but He never once complained. He never once, He probably had a little hint complaint saying, God, I don't know why I'm going through, but then when God says, because I have you in the world, in the dark places, to be the vessel of my light. Ow. Second Corinthians 5.20. It's just, uh, let me zip over to scripture there. Whoops, wrong one. hate it when I don't move fast. We are ambassadors of Christ, exactly what we are. Bachelor, you know, we figure, oh, well, the Bachelor has to be appointed by the political leaders. Well, that's kind of true. But who is our leader? Who is our ultimate king of kings and lord of lords? Is it Jesus Christ? 
or is it Obama, or is it Trump, or is it Bush, or is it the woman that's going to come in that's going to finally turn us over to uh, the time of Antichrist? Yeah, okay, I put it out there. Uh, maybe the next one. We know that it's that's when the the next target after the rapture is uh, the next government, world government, will be the uh, Satan's government through manifested through Antichrist. We can say Antichrist is one person, but he's the manifestation of Satan. Opposite, everything he has falls short. That's why the number, his number is six six six, and then his false prophet will point people toward Antichrist in a statue that is made, as Revelation says. Well, uh, we uh, we are ambassadors. God's called us. God's appointed us. Ambassadors go out and uh, propagate. Then you got Romans ten through fourteen. How will they know unless um, how will they wait a minute? How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? That's not just a pastor or preacher appointing the church. Those gentlemen are called by God, appointed by God to shepherd the, his particular flock that is under him and the other elders, um, to teach them the word of God, praise God that I'm sitting under one, to equip them for the work of the ministry. Ministry is not just within the body. It's not just for the body. It's the body first. We take care of one another. We don't take care of just our own needs. We take, obviously, if somebody only makes a little bit of money, you know, that little contribution that they give is still counts, is still grand in God's eyes. The ones that has more and gives less, they're the ones that's actually going to be judged by God. They're going to stand before God saying, I provided you this big of salary, and what did you do? You took it for yourself. And you give just a percentage of it. God owns everything. We are stewards when we are not doing it, including time every day. How much time do we waste on frivolous stuff instead of letting Him speak through us and, I have to say it in, and the whatever task that we are doing, glorifying Him. Are we just glorifying our bosses? Are we just glorifying the investors, um, the stockholders, so to speak, I was just doing, making money to do it. Now, yes, they're in business for a profit, so, but are we stealing from them? Are we wasting our time? Are we spending all of our time for those that are addicted to nicotine? Do we spend most of our working day out smoking? Instead of actually working, do we take a task that I don't know where the Lord's leading on this one, but it has to be said too strong in my spirit. That's not what a master does. If we are given seven to eight hours in a day to do a task, are we making it stretched to nine, ten hours just so we can pan get a bigger paycheck? That's called stealing. Are we allowing staff members in are we ourselves taking product home that the that the uh, employer has paid for? We say, well, it's going to be thrown away. Is it? Why are we not trying to conserve it? Why are we not saying, okay, know your everybody's area, 
and to say no okay this one can go and a little bit extra day because it's got t two items in one in one unit I'm using toilet paper or paper towels for instance but there's so many of them are we wasting chemicals more than what's necessary to clean are we wasting time I spent 16 years in hotels in pretty much most every facet except direct sales and when I see in housekeeping when I see in the rooms division we waste more time on you know, doing a task sitting in meetings sitting committees trying to make it more streamlined trying to save more costs when we've already have what's in front of us to do the job now there are some things lacking if the equipment is not working um, then new equipment has to be bought sometimes it can be repaired to a point for a little bit but eventually that's going to wear out it's not buying new ones every year. Get a new one and then you're going to ruin it. That's stewardship. That's being a master of Christ. We're not being a master of Jesus Christ if we're wasting others' resources on us. Um, wasting space. We're not being a master of Christ if God provides us with a six-figure salary and rush out and say, well, we have to look the part. No, we don't. Who's to say we have to go and match up with the Jones? Well, everybody at this salary level has that kind of a home. Wow, what's wrong with mobile homes? What's wrong with trailers? What's wrong with the lifestyle? Matter of fact, there's nothing scriptural saying we have to have a set-based home. What about those million or so occupants that just travel, work where God leads them? Because I know brothers and sisters that do that. And they proclaim the gospel. They teach the scriptures. They teach others to properly apply the scriptures. That's an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Mark 4, verses 1 through 20 is talking about the sowing of it. It's one of the verses. And one of the um, people, I think Matthew touched upon it. And so did Luke, I believe. I'm not sure Matthew, but I'll look at it. We'll study that. <coughs> Talks about the the seeds, the four different seeds of... Um, and where they fell. The seed again is the word of God. The seed again is not where you plant the seed. You're not planting money. That don't mean I've heard Satan's ministers teach people. But plant the seed. If you plant the seed today of your dollar, God will multiply it. That's not the seed, brothers and sisters. The seed is the word of God. You're planting the word of God in somebody. You're always telling them, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Period. That's it. His his way is narrow, not broad. I says I, I believe the word of God. He says I don't belong on a broad path, and I don't need to walk on a broad path. Uh, but are people seeing you being a good steward? We said are people seeing you, hearing you, proclaiming the word. This can't be shown. It can be evidenced through our lifestyle and our walk as ambassadors. But this stuff needs to be verbalized. It needs to be spoken. Publicly, Satan has very little care, concern with keeping with Christians keeping the word of God inside a locked building, inside a secure building. It's when God says, "I've given it to you. Now take it out." When we get up off our knees, we should automatically, we're automatically empowered by the Spirit of God, not to go to bed now. 
Well, it's night time, it may be time to go to bed. Because um, we do have to sleep. Now, God says, if you refrain from sleeping, you're gonna come to, you know, you're gonna come to nothing. You know, it's just like these bodies are made for, you know, to have sleep now and then at a reasonable number of hours. They cannot go on forever. There's no scripture in there. They can try and twist Paul's verse to saying, I went with sleepless nights. So around those nights that it happens, Samuel had one when God was calling them. If you're awake in the middle of the night, the first thing you should say, man, I can't go on like this. The first thing if we're a follower of Jesus Christ is say, speak, Lord. Is this you trying to call me or is this Satan trying to disturb, um, trying to deserve the rest that you provide me? Uh, if it's Satan, Lord, rebuke him. There's nothing in Scripture that says we rebuke Satan. That's the devil. But the sower, the sower different seeds. Some of it fell along the path and birds came. Birds, that's Satan. Immediately, immediately when the word of God goes out, Satan's going to be right there saying, I don't want this person to have that because that means he'll, he'll leave me and go to Jesus. He'll instantly steal it. Boom. Before it even... Probably as it's coming out of the mouth, he's swiping it up. The word. I study more on that and ask the Lord to do a teaching on that if it be his will. Um, another one was it fell out open ground, but the ground wasn't watered. Paul says in... We're servants of Christ. Second Corinthians. Up oh, one word. First Corinthians chapter three. Uh, five through nine is it's like we either plant or we water. That's one of our choice. And people were picking and choosing. Some were following Paul. Some were following Apollos. You know, some were following Jesus. We're all supposed to be following Jesus. We don't follow Paul. We don't follow Peter. We don't follow. Uh, we don't follow our pastor. Uh, to, you know, we don't follow our minister. We don't follow our teacher. We've been following Jesus. If he's truly following them, uh, Jesus, then yeah, we'll listen to him until the point where he breaks it off. But eventually, if we're not, if those that are sitting under biblical teaching. They're not going to stay there forever. God does not want them to stay in that place forever. He eventually wants to wants them to be trained up to become disciples of Jesus Christ. It's okay, now I need to call them. We should be whoever we're sitting under for the years. We should be going outwards. If those that are sitting under a ministry or a teaching, now they can go back for reteaching. We listen a message. Um, God could say, okay, go back. I want you to teach up a group of people out there. And then I need you to go over across the country or to another country. I can't say where God's calling anybody because I'm not God. I don't want to be God. Too much stress. Um, he has no stress, but it would be too much stress for me. I don't need no more. Um, but again, so are we watering or what? That's like one of the seeds. The scorched. We just lay it down. We just take the word of God. It's like we put the Bible on the shelf. It collects dust. Uh, we don't do nothing to it. It just it fell. It cleanses up. But that's it. It's not sinking in. It's not uh, going into the ground. It's not being watered, which is by Bible study and prayer. Um, continue looking at it. It's just like, well, we came busy. Okay, we went in. We received Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. But it don't stop there. 
then we ourselves have to say, okay, Lord, teach us your word. Open it. We have to spend time with the Lord. We have to spend time in prayer. We have to know him. We have to listen to his voice and know. That's where that's scorching when it's not doing that. You got another one that grew up in the midst of the world. Where we're at now. And see this preach among that one. They think, okay, other things can come in. God can say, okay, well, I need to equip you with, you're always going to have a place to sleep, obviously. Whether it's a tent outside, uh, temporarily, or you may have to, if you're on a course, you may have to sleep on a beach one day out there, you know, yeah, for a couple hours out there, and then move on. Or um, you may have to be homeless on the street for a little while, because God wants to minister on that one. Um, but he'll provide a blanket. He'll provide clothing, obviously, and we're not going to walk around naked. Some of us, no. We don't, I don't, I don't want to see that. Uh, please don't bend over if you're not wearing the right size clothes. I don't want to see that stuff. Yeah. If I was married out there, maybe my wife may do with it. I wouldn't let my wife wear something that loose. I wouldn't let son or daughter. I said, if you bend over and you show too much, uh-uh, you just slap down the face. But, um, uh, I'm not sure where that came from, actually, but, uh... But we get so mixed up, and then we see the, uh, we the effects of it. We love the blessings instead of the blesser. We begin to embrace them. That's what happened with a lot of Christianity here in America. We like the nice buildings. We like the nice cars. We like the big paying jobs that can get all that stuff. That stuff don't get it. God brings it to us. Uh, but the only seed we should be looking for, teaching about, preaching about, is Jesus Christ. His word. That's the only seed that once it takes root, that's the one that will bear fruit. Uh, 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. You know, that's the only fruit we need to be looking at. Uh, so again, I, you, I use, I use starting out in prayer. I use starting out, uh, to proclaim the Word of God. Are you only about teaching, uh, Jesus Christ and the cross and Him crucified? Are you, or are you all about just you preach Christ and say, well, God wants to give you everything. He wants to give you all this stuff. Too bad it's not even in Scripture. Um, so again, what are you uh, teaching? What, what are you, um, what are you after for Jesus Christ? What do you want Him to uh, change? Um, are you sowing in prayer? Are you weeping for uh, over your sins that are offensive to God? Uh, because when we weep and we actually allow God to take it from take them from us and cleanse us of it, that weeping is going to turn to joy, as the psalm says. So, as God's doing a transformation in you and in us, uh, are you allowing Him to remove what's not pleasing to Him? Are you allowing Him to remove the strongholds from us that's keeping us from obeying Him? You allowing him to push back the enemy that taunts us each and every day. Uh, he's the only one that can rebuke him, because he's the only one that gained the victory of him. Nothing we can do um, can gain the victory, except Jesus Christ. Let's pray, Father God. Thank you for the many nights. And every day and every night when we weep over the lost, when we weep over those that are on their way to hell and uh, 
not hearing the true gospel message, Father God. Lord, we pray, Lord. We pray over there, Father God. We pray, Father God, in the same way that you opened our eyes, in the same way that somebody wept over us, Father God. Let us weep over our sins that are wicked before your eyes and keeping us from truly knowing you and living for you. Father God, as you remove us, Father God, turn our, and then will you turn our weeping, our tears, into rejoicing, into the joy of the Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Thank you. Love y'all. And grow in the grace every day.